0: Welcome back to Confessions of a Recruiter with Blake and Declan. We are on a global mission to build the world's largest community of recruiters so we can all connect and succeed together. That's right. If you want to check out
1: more of Confessions of a Recruiter, jump onto confessions.tv, subscribe to our bi-weekly newsletter, access merch, and if you want to chat to us directly, join our Discord at xrhouse.com with the links below. Now, we hope you enjoy this episode.
0: All right, welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Recruiter. And it's been another cracking year. I know we're on to season 2, but guys, we really appreciate the support, the incredible messages, the photos that are going up. It's because of the community that we're building. It's it's incredibly strong and mate I've got a couple of stories that just identifies how important this community is to recruitment. And I was chatting to Adrian, um, Adrian Birra, the last guest we had on, Byra, Byra. And um, he goes, mate, I don't know what you guys are doing, but mate, um, people are reaching out to me. I've had two, 300 recruiters try and connect with me. Um, people call in my office saying, hey, are we recruiting? Do we have any positions? Um, he's like, yeah, mate, it's, it's surreal. So yeah, you guys gave us the night. He's like, mate, this is, this is good stuff. So I think- that's the that's the real impact and we really appreciate, you know, everyone playing their part, supporting this week after week, month after month. It's crazy getting messages and photos and it all happening. So, yeah, I think what's exciting is when people
1: listen to the podcast, they actually take action and they apply whatever it is that we're speaking about or whoever it is that we're speaking to. Um, so, that goes a long way. And so, if you are kind of sitting in the shadows, listening and absorbing, that's great. But, maybe reach out to a guest and say, hey, I, I really appreciated that podcast. I learned a lot um, and and share your excitement because the more people in recruitment get acknowledged for the contributions that they're doing, the more contributions will happen and the more value and insights we'll be able to share and constantly be able to make the community bigger and better and more valuable. So, um, yeah, just encourage you to, yeah, reach out, Speak to as many recruiters as you can because you never know what you'll learn, and it'll make you a better master of your craft.
0: Exactly, and that's why that's one of the things we're really going to turn up the heat on on this podcast heading into 2024. And that's going to be a deeper dive into best practice, um, improving your billings, making sure just overall you're creating better candidate experiences, deeper client relationships, so you can level up, so you can make more money, and you can get more out of this than um, you know just the chin wags. We really want to go. Dial it straight in and be able to provide even more and more value, and we only get that if more and more people listen. So, yeah, so, um, we we, we want to level up. Um, we're gonna yeah.
1: we're gonna level up in 2024, and um, whether that be we get guests on that are like. Uh, masters of a particular skill that we use in recruitment, um, top billers, um, different opinions, ways of doing things, government recruiters, contract recruiters. We're going to get a variety of different skills and outlooks and we're going to really dive deep into the detail on what makes them successful, what their pitch is for new business, how they organize and prioritize their day, what do they think about when they first wake up, how do they handle work-life balance, a variety of strategies for you to become a better recruiter and hopefully um you will be able to apply some of the
0: strategies and then yeah be a better recruiter and add more value to our industry 100 percent. so leveling up obviously AI's played a huge part in in people being able to level up it's um it's funny you know the, the crazy things it's it's doing across the board and and what it does for us but you know i think it's great that some of the big heavyweights in the industry have finally incorporated AI, I think, compared to some other industries, recruitment tech can be pretty outdated. Um, so LinkedIn had their product release about a month ago now. And Connor, shout out to Big Connor, he's our account manager, an absolute legend, one of the hardest, one of the hardest workers at LinkedIn. Um, so yeah, we appreciate everything he does for the um, ex-recruiter account and all the partners. <coughs> so one of the big things that you know coming out of LinkedIn AI is like the personal messaging, you know, ensuring open rates. Um, the data on knowing who's hiring who's available um, and just a deeper insight into you know candidate activity instead of just being open to work they know you know their sort of process on becoming open to work whether they're following your company Um, one of the big marketing things that's obviously helped us a lot and a lot of our partners is like using job slots um, has been been a big uplift so I'll definitely take a deeper dive, book an account management session or something with your account manager at LinkedIn to get more of an understanding of what's available with LinkedIn recruiter. I think it's still a heavily underused, underutilized um, part for recruiters. They just sort of use it for the bare minimum, save searches. If you don't have them set up, there's a lot of things they can teach you. So I would do that. Um, And then speaking about AI, Seek are months away, still months away. So I guess this is a little bit like – Yeah, um, do you have any scoop on what they
1: actually mean by that? Is that going to be like a way to search candidates, a way to get recommended candidates? What what part of what part of AI are they going to be integrating with? Uh, is it seek job ads, like helping you write job ads or that's already seek a talent?
0: Thing. That's already a thing. Is they it? can pre-write job ads for you, yeah. Jeez. Um. has been so a while this is what, since this, I wrote a job ad. Yeah, yeah. Um, who writes your job ads? The VAs. I don't really write job ads. Oh, big dog, eh? Oh, shit. He's a big dog. Cats out of the bag. Cats out of the bag. I I write his job ads. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, essentially this is what Seek came out and said. Seek is likely just months away from launching new generative AI tools to help both job seekers and hiring managers. Its director of AI product says Seek is now one of the largest artificial intelligence and data science teams in Asia-Pacific. Kathy Arnold told Shortlist, it has been investing in the technology for about 10 years. And since she joined six years ago, the team has grown from 35 members to more than 200. Wow. In the AI team. Jesus. We need some AI recruiters. That is a good market. With AI now underpinning all its products, she says, we've seen some huge impacts on our customers in that time. And in last year or so, the pace of change of technology has only accelerated.
1: I mm. so this is going to be a free rollout i mean this is going to be interesting i wonder when it comes out i reckon we should do like a bit of a review mm. like a review podcast on all the tech that's coming out and if it lives up to the hype because um one thing that big johnny burke said on episode number 41 around tech and ai is um he found it super frustrating where you wouldn't get a trial or they wouldn't show you the product and obviously there's a lot of marketing slogans that you know sell the product great. But then when you get in there, um, it doesn't do what you thought it did and it ends up being a big letdown and you're stuck into all these like long-term uh, supplier contracts and all this kind of stuff. So I think it would probably be valuable um, for other recruiters or small agency owners that are out there trying to analyze... The a land on what tech's good, what's dropped what what to drop, what's
0: hot, um, and and be able to get a bit more clear on the uh, resources available to them. I agree, and I think we're going to have to do this in sort of a, a corporatized way. My my <coughs> marketing element thought of the the great debate, and we could have um, software vendors, there? software vendors fighting it out, trying to decide on who's the best tech and and really going head to head. So. Didn't we sp- speak to a couple of vendors and one of them said, no, nah, we can't do it. Oh, a lot of them. Ah, oh. um, yeah. No one would come to the party. They said that's a, it's a disaster waiting to happen. Um, oh. So yeah, the, that'd be good, mate. Like bullhorn and job adder. bullhorn marketing, cut it, cut it straight off. Oh. Job adder is owned by seek seek said, no um, LinkedIn mate, Connor's ready to put the gloves on. He's ready to go. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'd, I'd love vendors to sit there and just like have a little
1: bit of an open mic night on what they've got going on, why, why they think they're the best, what they do to sell their product and the value adds. And then at least everyone can make up their own mind when you've got three product experts talking about.
0: I think we pitch it like this and we want the community to get behind it. So guys, if you think this needs to happen, reach out to us, send us a message, post it on LinkedIn, LinkedIn ex-recruiter, confessions of recruiter, wherever you can put it. Let's create a movement to get these people on a panel these
1: suppliers get all the suppliers on one panel and have
0: an open discussion on who's the best it doesn't tech. Have, yeah it's not a fight it's not a great debate it's just an open panel a corporate discussion mediated by the boys
1: at <laughs> confessions <laughs> yes, of a recruiter i think that'd be great mate that's exciting we can host it here that's got to be project number 1 for 2024
0: yeah we'll add it to the list add it to the list we'll work out the budget get approval and find a champion <laughs> But yeah, I think that's it's definitely something that needs to happen. Um, which is which is definitely it will happen. So we just need to put it put it in the right light, and then we can get the right people at the right table and get the right information.
1: Totally. What else has been happening? I, I do recall uh, a podcast. We went through a a podcast. What's going on, Sergio?
0: It's his birthday today. Oh so yeah, happy yeah, happy birthday, birthday Serge! Serge. He's 26. He's giggling in the background
1: here. He's giggling. He loves the podcast just as much as us being behind the camera. But okay, so if there are any recruiters out there that are interested to find out what it's like to have a VA support them in their role, whether that be to Bill Moore Uh, reduce tasks that they don't enjoy doing or be a more effective recruiter in their niche, then we definitely recommend reaching out to the outsource people or top. Reach out to them, inquire on how they can implement a VA in your agency and to support you and if you mention ex-recruiter or confessions of a recruiter, they will give you a 13% discount off your bill per month on this VA that will allow you to scale your business, scale your desk and to bill more and make more money. So go reach out to the outsourced people, say Confession sent you, get your discount, and see what is possible. Touching on Emily McLeod, I think she made a really good couple of points in her podcast. I think it was episode, uh, I think it would have been 44 um, just after uh, Berksy. Shout out Um, to M's, MVP. MVP of the Confessions uh, podcast um, around building a brand and being consistent and sticking to it. Um, Like a lot of people don't realize this, but brand is more than just clients. Um, I used to think when I first started Vendito that like I was just advertising my company to try and get more clients and look more credible to clients until I realized your brand is more important to other recruiters wanting to join your business. I was literally is.
0: having this conversation with H people this morning. Should we break down? What's the convo? Tell me. So every, everyone's putting up jobs for candidates, clients. Yeah, sure. You're in any industry. There's going to be a large element of candidates on LinkedIn, but the largest proportion of people watching your content, check it in your own stats, is recruiters. Mm. So if you want to get the most out of your own agency and grow it and scale it, you need to be marketing to recruiters on LinkedIn. There's a potential reason why X recruiter has been so successful because of this strategy. Um, but yeah, if you're wanting to scale your agency, you need to be showing the success, the intangibles, day in the life, what it's about. That is going to be more valuable. Someone coming to your business that's going to bring three, four, five, six, seven hundred thousand $700,000 to your company because of the relationships they have is more valuable to you as, a, as an agency owner or a billing manager, getting those people in your team. So that's what you want to be promoting about. Stop using socials for job boards. It's a waste of time.
1: Yeah, the, the the social media strategy for Vendito. like I've sat down with some marketing people and they're like, all right, so who's your ideal client or who's your ideal candidate? And generally my response is I don't care about clients or candidates with my marketing strategy. The only thing I care about is other recruiters. I want my Insta, my Insta handle To look like we're the funnest, coolest, exciting recruitment agency ever. Because no client or candidate is going to check your recruitment agency's Insta handle to know whether or not they want to give you a job or apply uh, for a job that you're advertising. Recruiters check that shit. So when you are thinking about your content strategy, what kind of information you're putting out there, 99% of it will be seen by other recruiters and you should lean into that and show people how cool and exciting and different you are because rather than you trying to slash out one deal with one client, you promote to recruiters that want to work for you and they are the ones that will be able to slash out the deals and that's how you scale. Rather than going um, direct to client, you go direct to recruiter and get them to get the clients and start to compound uh, your agency's growth.
0: And these are things that you need to be getting in, dialed in for next year if you want to be successful. It's going to get, you know, I think there'll be a lot of recruiters on the market. Um, there's not going to be as many good ones. So if you want good ones, you're going to have to, you know, show them what you're all about. Yep. And, uh, yeah. And, it's, yeah, it's 100%. And there's a um, – Harwell Consulting do this extremely, extremely well and they've probably implemented their strategy within two months, I reckon.
1: Yeah, they, they crush it. You know, when I first started Vendito, like no recruiter wanted to work for my agency. Um, probably a mix of I didn't have much experience at the time and I was a 12-month recruiter starting a recruitment agency and the the brand look looked elementary. Like why would you want to pack up shop at a recruitment agency to go work with Joe Blow down the road that's just like winging it? And so um, the, the exciting thing about like Harwell, as you just mentioned, that like they look a million bucks online and in person and they look like they run a good shop Um, and so other recruiters look at that and go shit I want to work for these guys they're crushing it and you only get that opportunity for someone to walk through the door to be interested in talking to you about a job is if you look good on the outside I mean you could be in shambles on the inside Um, but as long as you look good on the outside, that's step one to getting talent in the door to have the opportunity to bring people into your agency and grow and add headcount. Yeah. True testament
0: to them. Well done boys. Good job, Adam and Harvey. And then from there, Crystal brought this up, Crystal Parker, when she was on the podcast, um, and she said, nurturing your relationships, leveraging repeat business, stop working for free. How does that sit with you? I don't know.
1: Stop working for free. I've actually um, – yeah, I mean, yeah yeah, and no with the stop working for free comment, but I'm listening to a book called The Go-Giver.
0: Oh, here we go. Uh, mate, are we just all in the same morphed circle? Are you listening to The Go-Giver? Well, I this is a self-proclaimed pump-up from James Lewin, but he goes, mate, this book reminds me of you because you've got to give to get. I, I, I was always in this mentality that I just – you know, be cutthroat and and always look at the the deal of the month and what's happening just right in front of me. There's no time horizons longer than a four week period, and I was just you know catch and kill, catch and kill. I think that's how it used to be. And you know, now reading this book, I understand sort of you know the way you think. If you can think longer term, things are going to come back around. You just got to stay in it. That's sort of a quick summary. Hundred percent. One. You've one. One.
1: Um. Have you? Yeah. So you haven't listened to it. No. Nah. So. So one. Uh, A comment in there that I was listening to recently that really stuck with me was uh, it's a little bit – I'll just tell you what it is. So basically it was saying most people try and go for a win-win situation. The problem with win-win situations is you're constantly judging if someone is getting more than you or less than you and rather than just focusing on the other person winning and not worrying about yourself – What you're essentially doing is you are trying to do tit for tat, so no one's ahead or no one's behind, and essentially you can't have the best interest of the other person if you're trying to make sure that you're also getting a win. So rather than being a timekeeper of, oh, you owe me now, or I did this for you, so now you need to do something for me in the future, you need to just give, and and fully for the purpose of the other person to get the ideal outcome. And as long as you keep giving without the expectation on anything in return or a win-win scenario, then uh, it will compound and come back around to you. Um, Far greater than you being able to try and do this tit-for-tat, win-win, you know, no one gets too much. Everyone's the same um, kind of uh, bookkeeping process of um, giving. And so um, I guess getting back to the go-giver kind of statements around don't work for free – it's almost, almost the philosophy is almost do everything for free and the referrals and the cycle of people wanting to give back to you will be far greater than um, you could ever, ever think of if you were just trying to charge everybody upfront for your time.
0: Yeah, I agree. Prove yourself first. So there's a few things that deepening relationships, giving, leveraging AI, building a solid brand, like I think they're the they're the three areas that you really want to take into next year.
1: Hundred percent, yeah.
0: And I, and I think you want to just like if you're a recruiter and
1: you're kind of missing KPIs or you're not getting the submissions or send outs or you're not doing the activity you know you want to do because of whatever reason. Maybe you don't have a hit list built and you don't have the clients to call. Maybe you haven't shortlisted the candidates and um, you can't find any candidates to to call and and that's why your activity's down. Um, it all is in preparation. If you're being prepared to have a good day the following day or the following week or whatever it might be, it all comes to the first step, which is preparing your information to ensure that you have a successful, productive day the following day. And so, if we take that from a uh, an end-of-year approach, we're now in December, we've got 10 business days until the end of the year. Um, what are you doing now to prepare yourself to rip in for 2024? I've had a lot of conversations with recruiters and they're like, oh, do you reckon I should start slowing down? My advice is go Who harder. Said that? Uh, multiple people have said, Oh, do you reckon I should start slowing down or doing BD? Maybe I'd just focus on one or two roles to tidy it up for the end of the year. Would anyone really want to get a job or fill a job? And my response to that is absolutely not. The best part about coming into Christmas is every new prospecting call you make or existing relationship call you make, two things will happen. Either one, they'll have an urgent need to fill before Christmas and you've got a quick deal on your plate straight away. Or two, they'll say, oh, not right now, but check back in January. And you've just got pre booked calls for having heaps and heaps of opportunities to pick things up in the new year with all these people that you've spoken to. So if you're banging out 30, 40 calls a day, new business, trying to get some pipeline, you're either going to get wins right now, great, or you're going to get heaps of of calls booked for January when everyone's back because that's usually the brush away line that they give you. So either way, you're either getting a job for December or you're building pipeline for January for a good 2024 start. This is the this is the moment where you've got to double down on your activity, go harder, um, call more clients, call more candidates and make sure you're coming into January with heaps of momentum because there's nothing worse than having a break over the Christmas break and then coming into January and going, fuck, all right, better start. Building a list of people to call. Better start sourcing candidates. Better start from scratch again. But, mate, you only do that once. You only do that mistake once. I don't know, mate. I know a lot of people that make that mistake over and over again. And sometimes it just takes someone to kick them up the ass and go, dude, why are you making things hard for yourself? Just be more prepared and put more effort into the pre game for when you are in the game. Yep. Bloody oath. I don't want to, you know, be pointing my finger or or like being like a a, an annoying teacher. But if you are someone that like struggles with momentum and getting off first base, then maybe this is a good reminder to go, hey, I need to actually just spend a little bit more time before the day's out to prepare for the next day. And instead of going and watching home and away or sitting on my you know, phone scrolling for four hours until I fall asleep. Maybe I should spend that on preparing myself for the following day so I can know I can have a successful, um, you know, following day. What What would be the main things you'd prepare on? I actually have a list, um, but I'd make sure that you've sourced enough candidates to call the next day. Like I, I feel a lot of people like would – I don't know, this is maybe me just being biased from my own kind of lens, but um, you know, if you can't find any candidates for the day, you've made a few calls, haven't done any submissions and then you go, oh, it's five o'clock, time to go home and you're going home, not really achieving much that afternoon because you couldn't find anyone. Well, you're starting the following day off with that same energy and outcome. So then you come in the next morning and it's 8.30 and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm still at square one as I was yesterday. And it's a really shitty position to start on when you come in for the for the day in the office and you've got like literally nothing to do and you're like, all right, better start sourcing again. And it's just a slow burn. Whereas if rather than going, oh, fuck, it's five o'clock, I didn't achieve anything today, I'll just come into the office tomorrow and start again, um, maybe just sit there and strategize and go, all right, I'm just going to give myself a couple of hours now to do something different and to make sure that I'm prepared and I've got the data, the clients, the candidates that I can actually reach out to tomorrow so I can have a productive day, start off on the right energy and off on the right foot and just start making calls because activity creates activity. You might not call someone that looks right, but if you're just talking to someone that's generally a candidate, at least you can have a conversation with them and it might create the next spider effect on who to call next.
0: Yeah. Do you have anything else to add into your list?
1: I do, mate, but it's… It's still getting refined. So maybe I'll share it when I've refined it.
0: Yeah, yeah. There you go. Blake's list. (laughs) Blake's list. All right. You've heard it here first. Blake's list. We'll come back to you with that one. But yeah, guys, that's the areas I'd be focusing on. Do your planning days um, and you will have a way better impact, way better excitement. Stop letting the market dictate everything you do. It's really such a waste of time. The market's in your head. The market's what's in front of you. The market's on the phone. So if you're sitting there talking to other recruiters about what you think about the market, then um yeah, I'd take a take a different approach. To focus on what matters, activity, relationships, brand, latest software, and level up. That's it. See ya. Peace.
1: Thanks for tuning in to another Confessions of a Recruiter podcast with Blake and Declan. We hope you enjoyed and got a lot of value and insights out of this episode. If you do have any questions or you would like to recommend someone to come on the Confessions podcast, we would love any introductions. And remember the rule of the podcast, like, share, and recommend it to a friend. Until next time.